The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes to our listeners around the world in the countries of Italy, the United Kingdom and Canada, and the states of California, Texas, and New Jersey. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening. Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. I love hearing from you, so please keep sending me your questions and comments. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul, as you learn to hear the still, small voice within over the loud voices of others. You will begin to feel at peace because your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine. It is through this connection that miracles occur, like unexpected healing, healthy relationships, peace, and wealth. So please use these tips. My tips for this week is in honor of our topic today. Observe nature. One form of meditation is to sit and relax in nature, to look outside from a comfortable spot, enjoy the beauty of the sunset, the flowers, the birds singing. I have a bird bath, two bird feeders, flowering plants and bushes, trees and a water feature, all in easy view when I look outside of my living room window or walk out my back door. This allows me to enjoy nature any time of day or night and in any kind of weather. It's my safe haven. When I need peace, I can always depend on nature to provide it for me. As a child, before I knew about meditation, special breathing techniques, and other calming methods, I intuitively 
intuitively sought the comfort of a large tree in front of my house. The tree literally nurtured me in ways that I'm grateful for to this day. The tree was never too busy or too stressed. There was always room for me to sit down on the ground with my back up against the trunk, receiving the healing energy I needed in order to go back and face my life. That kind of love and nurturing comes directly from Mother Nature. In a previous seminar, The Am Awakening, Embodying the Divine Feminine, I help people fill with this kind of love by opening the 13 chakras in their back. In our January 7th show this year, Psychic Dwan Washington told us how critical it is that we bring this new energy of love from the divine feminine into the world. Since fear and love cannot exist in the same space, this process helps to push out fear and replace it with love. As we fill with love, we automatically spread it everywhere we go. This love helps us heal physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually and helps us balance the yin and the yang, the masculine and feminine energy. The masculine energy has dominated the world for several centuries. For love and peace to prevail, we must balance this energy with the divine feminine aspect of love. The labyrinth is also a powerful tool for healing, letting go of fear, and bringing in love. My next event, Walk the Labyrinth, a sacred experience, will help you continue this process. The labyrinth is a walking meditation, a path of prayer, an archetypal blueprint where psyche meets spirit. It dates back to Crete where it was found drawn on cave walls. There was even one on the floor of King Solomon's temple. Unlike a maze where you lose your way, the labyrinth is a spiritual tool that helps you find your way. The sacred geometry built into the labyrinth does the work for you. As you walk it, you automatically release what no longer serves you well, connect with the divine, and change with more ease. In our time together, you will learn about the labyrinth, walk it, and integrate what you gained. Release fear, stress, and worry. Quiet your busy mind. Hear the divine and your limitless higher self. Find your own answers. Open your heart to receiving improve your health and well-being, create more peace, joy, and happiness, and become more of who you truly are. We will walk the labyrinth Saturday, November 12th at 3 p.m. at the Episcopal Church of the Transfiguration in Dallas, Texas, which is the one that I walked every week for many years. You can learn more about the labyrinth by listening to our second on-demand show with the Reverend Dr. Lauren Artris, who brought the labyrinth into wide use around the world. I participated in two labyrinth retreats led by her, including one in France at Shark Cathedral. I am excited about sharing this beautiful spiritual tool with you. I was grateful to have her on our March 27th show in 2014. During that show, I learned that the labyrinth we'll be walking was the first one built in the United States. 
click on the links on this page to listen to that show, read my blog on the labyrinth, and then register for the workshop. You'll be grateful you did. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me to present this event, the I'm Awakening, Embodying the Divine Feminine, or another seminar in your area. And looking ahead, my last seminar was so well-received that they asked me to do a full-day seminar in January on financial abundance what you don't know choosing to be positive choosing to think see feel and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of uplift your life nourishment of the spirit we all have choices but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are this show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our returning guest today, Tamaric Song, who will be talking with us about how you can love animals and still eat meat. Tamaric sent me this beautiful note referring to our July 21st show. I look forward to sharing tomorrow with you, Dr. Paula, as my last time on the show was an enriching experience for me. Your questions helped me to see some of what I am so familiar with in a new light. Well, I, too, am looking forward to today, Tamarack. And last week's show with Bob Hieronymus and Laura Cortner about the Statue of Liberty as the goddess in the new world was enlightening. I realized as we were talking that even though we all know that the Statue of Liberty is a female, I never really thought about her as having a gender because the title of Bob and Laura's book includes the words Lady Liberty. It suddenly struck me how important her gender is. Yet as so often the case with women, she's very prominent and yet invisible. We take her for granted in a way that we don't take men for granted. I'm still stunned that the Equal Rights Amendment has not been passed in the United States of America. We are blatantly saying that it is ethically, morally, and legally right for women to be paid less money than men for the same work. Even when the freed slaves were given the right to vote, it was really only the freed black men. Black women had to wait until 1920 when all All women in the United States were allowed to vote. And it was only last year that women in Saudi Arabia could vote. Our language hides important truths. We have to be very attentive to tease apart the reality from the illusion. Not all of us are completely free, even in the land of freedom. 
to listen to this show, I encourage you to click on the episode link. You can hear this show or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again, like the one on July 21st. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. Now for my silver lining story. Two of my three children are vegetarians who don't even eat fish. My third child eats everything and particularly loves meat. I've gone through various phases in my life from eating only kosher food to eating everything to being a raw vegan to being a vegetarian. At this point in my life, I let my body tell me what it needs and wants. My journey with food has taught me a lot about nutrition and about honoring and respecting all of nature, including myself and what my body needs in order to thrive. When keeping kosher, I learned a lot about respect for all life. Animals are killed with ritual prayers and swiftly so as to honor them and make their death fast and meaningful. Prayers of gratitude and blessings are said before and after food is eaten. There is a conscious recognition that we are consuming food that was prepared so that we may live. As a raw vegan, I learned that all food has life. We sprouted beans and soaked nuts so as to create living food, which they believe is healthier. As a vegetarian, I learned about balancing foods and the variety of ways that one can enjoy protein. Through all of the various restrictive diets, I learned that my body thrives when I pay attention to my needs in the moment. Sometimes I need meat or poultry, and sometimes I do better with vegetarian food or my raw vegan diet. My silver lining is that I've learned to value all of the life-giving food that I eat, realizing that its life is now part of me and it's with gratitude that I consume and savor it. I do not value the sacrifice of one life over another. We all have a role to play in this universe. I send my love and gratitude to all of life and just as a bouquet of cut flowers from living plants enriches my life, so does the baby spinach leaf the food provided by an animal or the water from the spring. I wrote this piece about nature in June 1999. The world becomes illuminated by the striking beauty of the sunset as it hits the rock formations and plays in the water and sky. The color just shoots right through me. It brightens my heart, brings light to my insides. I love the interplay of the dark and the light, the mystery of the hidden and of the out there shocking brightness. Is life a contrast of the hidden and the seen, a constant movement back and forth? The fluidity of the water bumps up against the solidity of the rock, yet the gentle, soft water wears away the tough, strong rock bit by bit, no hurry. It gently, patiently does its work without intent, really, as a byproduct of its purpose. As it moves, flows, evaporates, refills, providing life to fish and plants and enjoyment to people and all living things. It truly is a life force, giving and taking with no thought of right or wrong, good or bad. It's nature doing her job like the goddess who gives and takes life. 
Our guest today, Tamarack Song, has studied the world's Aboriginal peoples, apprenticed to elders, and learned traditional hunter-gatherer survival skills. He spent years alone in the woods and even lived with a pack of wolves, as we discussed in our July 21st show. In 1987, he founded the Teaching Drum Outdoor School in the wilderness of northern Wisconsin. Tamarack is an award-winning author, and his latest book is Becoming Nature. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you want to get uplifting messages between shows, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. In addition to posting all of our shows, I post special uplifting messages to you, and I repost videos that will make you laugh, feel good about all the goodness in the world. Fill your heart with the beauty of nature and animals, the delight of dance and music, and the joy of being alive with all of the hurtful words, anger, violence, and fear that is being spread. We must find a way to keep ourselves positive. Only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. The answer to hate is love. As Dr. Martin Luther King said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. While listening to the commercials, use the link on this page to like us on Facebook. Then friend Paula Joyce and I'll help you be part of the solution. Then click on the link to read about and register for Walk the Labyrinth, a sacred experience, or to schedule one in your area. Then go to the calendar of events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Tamarix Song to talk about how you can love animals and still eat meat. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. The best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. listening to uplift your life nourishment of the spirit with dr paula joyce to reach the show today please call 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 you may also send an email to dr paula joyce at gmail.com 
That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners. And as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to become part of the conversation today, please call 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say so please let me know what's on your mind and heart and I hope you wrote down if you have ever talked to a plant or flower I'm so pleased to welcome back Tamaric Song this time to talk about how you can love animals and still eat meat thank you for joining us again Tamarack it's great to have you back uh, thank you Dr. Paula it's great to be back thank you for having me again well, it's it's truly my pleasure. Um, we had a good time last time, and I know we will this time. And I, I was wondering if you would talk with us uh, about this concept of um, life, uh, valuing life. So how is it that you can honor the life that was given in order for you to feed and clothe yourselves? All of us, um, even if we're vegetarians, have uh, clothing that um, products were used to create. So how, how do we think about it in a way that we don't feel guilty and negate the nourishment and warmth um, and, and privacy that, that clothing and food gives us? Wow, this is a powerful question, Dr. Paula. I have friends who are vegetarians, friends who are vegans. Um, I have a couple of friends who are um, exploring breatharianism. They do not want to kill anything. They do not want to destroy anything as they perceive it. And uh, this is a fundamental question for this time, I think, for this time in our culture and this time in the world, because we have been so exploitative and we are, we are literally consuming our planet, so I can see why so many people have such concern over what we are consuming and wanting to be respectful of that, wanting to be more conscious in terms of what we consume. However, it, I'm, I'm afraid that a lot of what we are doing is ending up throwing out the baby with the bathwater. We have become super sensitive, and I think that's beautiful in and of itself, but because we are no longer directly connected to the means and ends of our existence, we see things through our own filters, and it's really hard for us to become nature and see things through nature's eyes, because this is the, when the rubber hits the road, this is how things really work. It's not, it's not according to my belief system. It's not according to the way I was raised or according to what I think this planet needs. That is limited by my own perspectives, by my own intellect, by my own prejudices and my own patterns, which are very hard for me to see because I am not my own mirror. I just cannot do it. Nobody can. So what I've learned is to step back. The elders, the native elders I apprenticed with when I was younger, uh, kept telling me these two words, honor and respect. 
honor and respect. I heard it over and over and over. And hearing it wasn't enough. It had to sink in. And what I came to realize is that when I am honoring something, I am humbling myself. It's no longer I. I am not the center of the universe or even my own universe. It's honoring whatever is, whatever's in front of me, whatever comes to me. And this is my guideline for what I eat and what I feel good about eating. Now, that's a kind of a general answer to what you asked, and there's a whole, there are a whole lot of um, places we can go here. So I'll wait for some guidance from you here to see what you'd like to explore. Well, two thoughts came to me as you were talking. One is that maybe there's a fear of death. Um, actually, that just came to me because really mm. our bodies are dying constantly. Cells in our bodies are dying all the time. Death is part of the cycle of life. There, um, you know, there's winter where where plants are barren. There is hibernation. Some animals sleep, um, which is a kind of death. There. Mm-hmm. Nothing lives forever. Everything mm-hmm. has a beginning and an end in this world. And and I guess, so let's stop there because I think that's the next piece uh, okay. of it. Um, but, but, but this whole idea of death and maybe a fear of death. Boy, that's, that's a good one, Dr. Paula, because I think, you've, I think you've hit the crux here as to what motivates us to um, to select our diets. It's this fear of death. If I fear death, I am concerned about um, imposing death upon other creatures. So what do I do? I have to impose death on somebody. That's just the way it is with life because life is death and there's this continual transformation of life to death to life. And it's only us in our, our civilized uh, cultures who come at it from a dichotomous perspective. Oh, this, this thing is alive, that thing is dead, and I am playing God here because I can choose who lives and who dies, and that's a tremendous responsibility. I value my life, so I'm, I have to value the lives of other creatures as well. So I set myself up as judge and jury here, and when I do that, I am playing God. This is my perspective so, and, and the only way I can do that is to see myself as godlike, to see myself as the epitome of creation. So now I start evolving a hierarchy. Okay, I'm at the top of the heap. Now who's next? Well, let's see. Um, whales and dolphins are very intelligent, you know. Um, I, maybe I ought to respect them above some other animals. And the great apes, they are very much like us. Maybe um, we should really put a lot of energy into preserving the great apes and, and, and preserving their habitat and such. And then we go right on down the line. And whatever is, is the least like uh, whatever is less like us, we put lower and lower on the, on the um, ladder. And right at the bottom of the ladder, we put the plants. Now, let's see. I have to eat. Um, I don't want to eat from the top of the ladder because they are closer to God and the plants at the bottom of the ladder are farther away from God, so I can more justify killing plants than killing animals. So I'm going to become a vegetarian or a vegan, and um, I'm going to eat these plants. 
now here opens, and this is fine as long as I am not connected with the means and ends of my existence. As long as somebody else is growing the plants and someone else is processing them and and um, bringing them to my supermarket so that I can just go in and buy some neatly packaged plants. I, am, I do not know the effect of these plants upon the environment. And here's where I'm missing the picture, the real picture from nature's perspective. Because when I am eating plants, I am responsible for so much death and destruction that I am just not aware of. It's so obvious when I go in and I buy a chicken. Obviously, this chicken was killed by somebody else. I'm paying someone else to do my killing for me, essentially. And here is this chicken. And I don't see that with a, with a uh, stalk of broccoli. However, where does that broccoli come from? It comes from a field. And where did that field come from? That field had to be extracted from nature. That farmer had to kill everything that was there, had to kill all the plants there, had to disrupt and or kill all the animals on that field in order to grow my broccoli. And um, some arguments that come up are that, oh, the farmer just had to do it once and then it's over. Well, the farmer is in a constant battle with nature to keep the animals away from my broccoli. And in doing that, I'm causing hardship to the animals. And in pushing the, or the farmer is, I should say, it's me because I'm paying the farmer to do this for me. But when I push the animals off of a piece of land, those animals just don't wander off and live peacefully ever after. I am pushing them out of their homes and they have no shelter, no protection. Their, their runways are that they know intuitively uh, for escaping predators are no longer there. And they're thrown out into the big bad world where prey and predator are um, living this dance all the time. And these animals usually um, end up dying of starvation or they are um, end, end up fighting with the animals um, who are they are trying to displace so that they can live or they get preyed upon very quickly because they're out in the open. They don't have their they don't have their dens, they don't have their nests, they don't have their shelters. So I'm wreaking all this havoc upon nature, which is life. And I'm not saying that this is it's wrong to wreak havoc upon nature because this is the way of life. However, if I use that to justify what I eat, I'm missing the bigger picture. I'm not seeing how much death and destruction I am causing by buying broccoli from the store. Uh, yes, I mean, the strange thought just came into my mind as you were talking that we have no qualms about pulling weeds so that our grass lawns can be perfect. Mm. Uh, you know, that weed is life, too. I love the dandelions. They're so beautiful and so many gorgeous wildfires. Uh, I'm sorry, flowers. But we've created this image of the societal norm that in our cities that we have to have a beautiful lawn that doesn't have weeds or wild flowers on it. It's, we have these, my point is that we compartmentalize. It's an extension of what you're saying. We look at one little piece as opposed to the, the larger picture of what is the impact of clearing that field have and, mm. and, and taking that to its 
and where, oh my gosh, eating that broccoli has caused a huge amount of distress and destruction, but I'm sheltered from it. Mm, That's a very good perspective. Um, We are doing it right here with our lawns. That's a very good point. We are selecting what is the most valuable life and everything else has to go. So in killing those dandelions and those daisies and um, the asters and all the other flowers who would just love to grow in our, in our front yards and our backyards, and, and it would be so beautiful, we are creating a monoculture, the same as the farmer is with that broccoli, that endless field of broccoli. And all the other plants and animals who would normally be there or who are there, we are either um, um, exterminating or um, disallowing to be there um, for what we perceive to be the right and just way to live and what has most value. Uh, Kentucky bluegrass has more value than um, oxeye daisies or New England asters. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I I just wanted to add that in doing that, um, there's very little that eats grass. And our pollinator species are in terrible trouble right now. Monarch butterflies, the population is crashing. Uh, several of our, our, our native bees, our bumblebees, are, on, are going to be placed on the endangered species list by the end of the year, it looks like, because they just don't have the flowers to go to for nectar and pollen. And why? That's because we're mowing everything down. Uh, that's actually where I was going to go. So we oh, were right great. In <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and yet, again, we're oblivious to most of that because we just have our small piece that we're looking at and we think we're creating beauty when actually there's a greater beauty that could be created that would be in sync with nature, but we are causing destruction without consciously being aware so, and some of these things we don't want to know because that upsets the apple cart. That makes us look at everything that we're doing differently. Yeah, beautiful. And you know, Dr. Paula, there's so much that we can do. We think, oh, I'm helpless. Um, and, you know, I, here I am living in a house with a lawn and I have to mow the lawn, etc., etc. Well, you know, mowing that lawn... A lawnmower puts out as much pollution as a car, believe it or not, because there's there are no pollution control devices on a lawnmower. They're terribly polluting. And our lawns, um, I was part of a movement um, oh, back in the 1970s for converting lawns to natural um, woodland habitat or natural prairies by um, planting wildflowers and planting native grasses and herbs and such, just as nature would have it and most communities allow this Um, they won't let your lawn go to quote-unquote weeds but if you have a conscious program of converting your lawn to um, natural prairie uh, you can do it you can do it legally and most people don't know about this and uh, the National Wildlife Federation has a program called Backyard Wildlife Habitat where you can put a sign out in your front yard saying this is a National Wildlife Federation backyard Habit, wildlife habitat 
project, and you can plant um, um, berries and um, put in a little pond and um, uh, plant bushes and such for habitat improvement for wildlife. And you can have squirrels and rabbits and songbirds and um, all kinds of animals in your backyard, whereas you once just had a lawn. And imagine looking out your back window and seeing all of this this um, this chorus of life going on rather than just blank green grass. It's possible, and a lot of people are doing it now. It's become quite a movement. I was going to say, I remember reading something. It's a little vague now, but it, uh, that's happening in Texas where people are reclaiming, redeveloping prairie lands in oh. order to help the environment. Boy, you are so fortunate to be in Texas, Dr. Paula, especially if you're driving a freeway ever because Lady Bird Johnson um, yes. started a project to plant wildflowers along the freeways. Um, we generally consider it just to be, you know, something that gets mowed twice a year. Um, and she converted, I don't know how much freeway, but she put a lot of energy into the program to uh, convert this otherwise um, wasteland to beautiful wildflower meadows where you can drive and just be uplifted by by this this beautiful prairie, this this rain of rainbow colors, and I think it was brilliant. And uh, maybe you know a little more about the program. I live a long ways from Texas, but I've read about it, and it sounded so fascinating. Well, um, just very briefly, and, and then we're going to go to break, but we did, um, we do have these beautiful blue bonnets that are everywhere, and people actually take road trips just to view the gorgeous blue bonnets, so spring uh. is just so colorful in Texas, and we are fortunate, and Lady Bird truly loved flowers and took care to um, appreciate the beauty, and one of the sadnesses of her life was that then late in life she went blind, but she would have people describe the flowers to her as they were blooming, Mm. and she would walk around her gardens, um, and she had this deep connection that that we all do if we would allow ourselves to go there and to feel it. And I'd like to pick that up when we come back from break. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to become part of the conversation today, please call one 866 472 Send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. And now I would like you to write on your paper, are you willing to try talking to plants, flowers, rocks? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Tamarick Song to talk more with us about how you can love animals and still eat meat.
the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And I hope you wrote down that you're willing to try talking to plants flowers, rocks. I'm so glad we're here with Tamarack Song to talk more about how you can love animals and still eat meat and the ramifications of all of that. I want to share with our audience, while um, we were on break, Tamarack and I were talking about, and, and I about this idea of the hierarchy of life and that plants seem to be at the bottom of that hierarchy. And yet my experience is that they communicate in a very high-level way through energy, through telepathy. I never water my plants, or I should say I don't water my plants on a regular schedule. When they need water, they call out to me in some way that causes me to look at them differently and to say, oh, they need water now. That seems to me to be um, profound and not a low level, not bottom of the hierarchy kind of life. Wow, that's that's well put, Dr. Paula. The and if if someone is speaking to me, whether it be a plant, a rock, or another human, or a coyote, or a butterfly, there is life there. There is communication. And it's I call it nature speak. It's the universal language. All of the plants and animals are continually interacting with each other. They're continually communicating. 
not the way we are now, not not through um, rational processes, but in a deeper sense, there's a telepathic communication that's going on. If you think about it as a web with all of this interaction going on, and that's why there's this beautiful synchronicity in nature. Everything works. Um, I'm looking out my window here from my writing room, and I have elderberry bushes and birch trees, and um, a squirrel is, is digging around there for some... Um, mushrooms and um, there are two blue jays up in the tree and it's all working it's like it's a choreographed dance and the reason it works the reason they're not always bumping into each other or eating each other out of house and home um, is that they are in continual communication with each other they are listening life is listening if i could if i could define it in any other way because as soon as i stop listening or as soon as a plant stops listening that plant is eliminated from the gene pool. <laughs> that plant is no longer alive. And we do this. We still have this ability, and I, I cover this in my, in my new book, Becoming Nature. I show how we can reconnect with this web of communication and just feel and sense what's going on around us. It's so beautiful. You know, we can do it with our senses. You know, we can see and hear. But that's just A plus B equals C. I'm here and I hear something, and I turn toward the direction of where that sound is coming from, and, oh, there's, there's a robin singing in that tree. Well, that is direct communication for sure. I'm listening, but there's a deeper listening that's going on superconsciously, and that's, what, that's where we need to go in order that we can respect all of life again without getting caught up in that hierarchical approach that you were talking about, Dr. Paula. And there's where... It's no longer us and nature, but we become nature. We are nature because we are listening. We are listeners, and we are a part of this web. And to, to, to become consciously aware of that is so enriching, Dr. Paula. And to all your listeners, if you want what I consider to be the most profound experience in life is to be able to go out in nature and just lose yourself, lose your ego, and just become this web of life, this web of listening. It is, it is the most profound exp- spiritual experience. I, I agree. And I think we have to shed some of these preconceptions that we have. And I think we also need to let go of um, a sense of embarrassment, maybe. So, um, because there is so much nature, even in the city. And I remember walking uh, on my regular morning walk. I would pass um, this huge rock in front of um, this home that I passed every day. And this one day, it just like, I, I had to go over and touch the rock. It was like it, there was this energy that was just forcing me to go there. And I, yes, obviously I could have resisted. Um, there was nobody pointing a gun or, you know, physically pushing me there. But there was this energetic draw that I chose not to resist. And there I was in the middle of the city neighborhood laying on this rock essentially so that I could have my hands on it and feel it 
and whatever it was that it needed to tell me, wanted to tell me. And I've been told that the that rocks, every rock, every stone holds a piece of our history. And that, so it's not like every rock has the whole history of the world, but each one has a piece. And if we would begin to honor as what each living thing, rocks, plants, animals, have to offer us in the way of knowledge and wisdom, we would be so much richer as people. Mm. So true. This is the this is uh, what you're talking about is is very important to me because I see this as the difference between living and merely existing. I can isolate myself from what you're talking about. I can isolate myself from this hoop of life where everything is speaking, where everything has a purpose, everything has a soul, everything has spirit and intent, and everything has a story to tell. When I isolate myself from that, I am merely existing. I am taking myself out of the context of life and dropping myself into an aquarium or a cage. And I'm being fed, and I have a little wheel I can I can run on to spin, you know, to get some exercise. Is that life? Is that really living? Is that what we're designed to do? We have such capacities. We have such capacities to communicate, as we've been talking. We have such capacities to create. We have such capacities for relationship, um, for joy in our lives, that we are just not reaching, and a lot of us are frustrated because of it. Depression is running rampant. Suicide rates are, are going out of the ceiling. Um, relationships, the divorce rate is, is um, astronomical, um, and people are constantly looking for something, and, and a lot of people are not sure as to what, and I think this is it. It's the ultimate relationship. It's remembering who we are. It's becoming nature, which is our nature. Our nature is nature. And once we're there, there's no longer any happiness or sadness. There's just a state of joy. And I can be happy or sad within this state of joy because it's this intrinsic state of bliss, this this state of of, of feeling cradled, cradled within nature's bosom that is so enriching. And then I can be alone, but I'm never lonely. And really never alone either. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's so true. Um, Yes. I mean, you say it so beautifully. And when we cut ourselves off through fear, through worry, through stress, for um, all of the things that separate us from, and and I love the way you phrased it, remembering, well, I may be botching it, but the word remembering who we are, that we are truly nature as well, and that we, when we talk about unity and oneness, we're not just talking about with all people. We're talking about all of nature. Everything is um, has life, and we are connected to all of it if we allow ourselves to remember that, to know it, to connect with that. Mm. 
so true. Um, that's that's beautiful, Dr. Paula. And um, I see we only have a couple of minutes left. Is that true? Um, we end at, our part ends at um, seven minutes before the hour. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Oh, you're right. We just have a couple minutes left. Okay, go okay. ahead. Okay, I'm just thinking that. Um, <laughs> I'm so lost than, in the enjoyment of this I know, conversation. I know. I'm glad someone knows what's going on. <laughs> I just wanted to watch so that we don't get cut off in the middle of a story because this is such a rich sharing and um, I'd hate to leave the audience hanging. <laughs> and, well, go, uh, go ahead, um, because I want to. We want to hear what you have to say, please. Oh, you know, I was just reflecting back on your introduction when you were talking about the labyrinth, and um, and what the labyrinth has for us. And I was thinking about the labyrinth being a metaphor for nature, because nature works like a, na- a labyrinth. You know, when we enter a labyrinth, we, we lose ourselves and we become the maze. And nothing is certain. We don't know which way to turn. And um, everything is new around every turn. Um, we're still not there. We're never there. We're always seeking. We're always open. We're searching. And it, it opens our senses and we become aware of, of the relationships around us because we have to be present in a labyrinth, you can't just go there and veg out on the couch. You're, you're an active part of what's going on. And this is nature. And I think a labyrinth is a beautiful way to help us to become attuned to what nature is like, to what nature is all about. Because um, after the labyrinth, we can just expand to the great labyrinth of nature because walking through the woods is walking the labyrinth. That's so beautifully said, and some of my favorite labyrinths are outside, um, so that we get to even walk, that could be a transition, walking a a labyrinth, walking in nature, walking a labyrinth, walking a labyrinth in nature, they're all Uh. connected. Thank you so very much. What a joy to talk with you, Tamarack. I am truly grateful to know you and to have you on the show. Thank you. Oh, the feeling is mutual, Dr. Paula. The stories you've shared and the questions you've asked have just um, really enriched this hour and helped me to get in touch with, with what's inside of me that I wish to express with others. It's been, it's been the pleasure. The pleasure's been Thank all mine. You. Thank you. Blessings. <laughs> and you can learn more about Tamarack at tamaracksong.org. And thank you for joining us for Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. Then click on the link to my resources page to purchase Becoming Nature. And go to my store to purchase my books. Then learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, hands-on healing, remote healing, past life, regressions, um, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops, such as overcoming abuse through self-empowerment, energy healing, the Am Awakening, 
and the ultimate creative problem-solving process. And if you mention this book, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm. The archangels, angels, and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. My process helps you remove hidden blockages and connects your mind, body, and soul resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. Click on the link to register for Walk the Labyrinth, a sacred experience, and go to the calendar of events and press click here to send me an email. I want to hear from you. If you live in Dallas, I invite you to experience my ultimate creative problem-solving process. Just click on the meetup link on this page. Please join us next Thursday when Thomas Sterner will talk with us about learning to love the process, not just the end result. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom, as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week.